For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Hello, welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher, and my co-host today is Kim Reynolds. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We cover the social media news that broke in the last few days. This show is brought to you by what's happening next week, Social Media Marketing World. You've got to be there in some form or another Find out how at smmw18.com. On today's show, we're going to explore Twitter cracking down on bots and automation with Madeline Sklar, some updates to the Instagram DM replays, and more breaking social media marketing news of the week. If you're watching this or listening to this, wherever you're consuming this, engaging with this, hit share. We'd love for you to share how awesome you know this show is with the other people that don't yet know. And with that, let's get right on into our first segment. These Twitter updates, especially this first one. Madeline, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and I'm looking forward to speaking next week at Social Media Marketing World, my third year. Nice. What are you talking yeah. on? Twitter, of course. Well, I yeah, but like, that's, that's a duh, that's a duh <laughs> okay, moment. No, 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 part. Twitter, tools, yeah. Twitter tools. And I was on the program yesterday with Phil and I was telling the story about how uh, my first year I asked Phil, can I do Twitter tools? He said, no, sorry, someone else is already doing Twitter tools. I'm like, oh, okay. And then last year it's like, can I do Twitter tools? No, someone's already doing that. <laughs> so I think he like made sure this year I would get my chance. So I could, I, I love talking about everything Twitter, uh, no doubt, but I love, talk, love talking about tools. It's always awesome. Fun. Well, some of those tools m potentially are in jeopardy of losing some of their power. Yeah. But let's get into this. So Twitter announced officially that they are essentially cracking down on automation and bot usage. So explain to us, what is the news coming out of Twitter on this subject? Well, so so they're coming out with these new guidelines as to what you can be doing now with, with in relation to these changes, because they're trying to get away with bots and all of these these mass tweets that are happening where um You've got these third-party tools, and there are multiple accounts that are just tweeting out so much content. I don't know if you guys noticed, but after the mass shooting last week, there were all of these gun control tweets going crazy on Twitter. Those were bots doing that. Mm -hmm. So they are trying to make this stop, especially because of the whole election thing where, where they are sure that bots were playing a big role. So it's when you have a third party tool and is using multiple accounts and doing multiple tweets, multiple likes, multiple retweets uh, is going to stop. And I'm actually glad to hear this because number one, it clogs everything up, right? It, it really ruins the coolness of Twitter. And number two, 
if people are paying a service to do this for them, to make themselves look good with a whole bunch of likes and followers, mm. and also people are using it to make hashtags trend, right? Like, hey, I'm going to go use this hashtag and I'm going to pay a service to go and run it up like crazy to get people using it so it's trending. And so it's a false trend. Um, and so that's going to go away. I'm thrilled because I think what we're going to see now is peeling back the layers on Twitter to get to the real people doing the real work on there. So essentially what this boils down to, if I read this right and I hear what you're saying correctly, they are Twitter is essentially walking in and saying oh, they already had a noise problem. This is yes. this is an automated noise problem. And this is really a way to get rid of falsely inflating engagement and uh, awareness of certain topics in terms of hashtags, like you said. But yeah. what about what about us like legitimate people who do want to schedule tweets? Is this going to affect us? It's, it's not going to affect you if you're following the guidelines. Now, I use Social Jukebox as one of my favorite tools, and I got an email from them this week, and they were basically saying, hey, Twitter has come over here, and they're making changes to how we're using our service, and you know, starting now, um, it, it talked about the multiple accounts, and it talked about how if you are scheduling tweets that you can't, the same tweet cannot go out within a three day period. And they were just, and I thought that was already in place. I thought Twitter already, because I know if I go in a buffer and I try to schedule a tweet, and then if I do another one that's identical, it'll stop me and say, sorry, you cannot do that. But if I make one minor tweak, it mm -hmm. will let me. And Twitter saying, we don't even want you to be able to do minor tweaks. Like it, you just cannot have uh, tweets that are similar going out multiple times having this scheduled. So it's going to be interesting to watch how this pans out. This just happened. Um, the, all of these third-party tools are going to have to comply. Like it is basically, they have to comply. Yeah. If they don't comply, all of us using the service are going to be shut down. Like they're not going <laughs> to let us use Twitter the way we want to use it if we're doing it outside of these guidelines. So I... It, I've always been using Twitter within their guidelines and I use tools that I know, like and respect that I trust is using it properly. When I was content by social jukebox, they weren't saying much about, oh, like they're doing it wrong and there's going to be these massive changes. Just little things like, hey, if you're trying to schedule something, it, there has to be a three day buffer um, and you can't be doing multiple accounts. So um, this is going to impact a lot of news sites. So like, for example, when you take a, a large news organization, like say the New York Times, and they have different Twitter accounts based on the different, like they have a sports and they have a breaking news, like all these different. If many times what these organizations will do is they will have these mass tweets go out to multiple accounts they have and basically just take each other's content and just kind of put it all together. Mm -hmm. That's going to have to stop. They're not going to be allowed to do that that anymore. So it's going to hurt some legitimate organizations and businesses out there that are doing this the right way. But but Twitter is pulling back the rein saying, hey, we're trying to stop this bot ep epidemic. And they're concerned with how it worked with the elections. And, and we saw, I definitely saw it last week after the mass shooting. I saw crazy number of tweets with gun control and everybody was talking about it. They're going to put a stop to that. 
Now, if people are questioning, you know, well, what exactly did specifically they say I can or can't do? One of the quotes that they've got here is uh, literally they say the use of any form of automation, including scheduling to post identical or substantially similar content or to perform actions such as likes or retweets across many accounts that have authorized your app. And of course, they're talking specifically to uh, app developers here. Uh, whether or not you created or directly control those accounts is not permitted. So again, this this write one tweet and then select all you know checkbox all the different accounts right. I want that to go. That's not going to be a ca- the case anymore. And nope. uh, you know we were talking about you know you were talking about Twitter tools. Um, even Twitter's own tool or one of them or the only remaining one. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, the users of TweetDeck aren't going to even be able to do this type of stuff. That's correct. TweetDeck so. has already stopped. You cannot do because they, they're owned by Twitter. And so they started with that tool and, and made it so that you cannot do it. If you try, that's what they're saying, that as of now, if you try to do multiple account tweets, it won't work. Yeah. But there is one thing that they are allowing Things like weather alerts, things like some RSS updates uh, that are not really conflicting with all of this. They're going to allow that, but only from one account, not from multiple. So in these emergency situations, that will be allowed. And I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is saying that the developers that have these apps or these services allowed that that do this multiple account, you know, basically mass tweeting uh, are going to have to bring them into compliance by March 23rd. So essentially literally four weeks from today. So, uh, and I know we've, we're seeing some people in the chat that are saying they've already gotten notifications, like you said, from some of their favorite tools saying, Hey, by the way, change is coming. Get ready. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out to see how this affects some of our favorite tools. I have not heard from Hootsuite or Buffer yet. Um, so far, just social jukebox. Well, and even way before this, like you said, with Buffer, I'd seen that where I'd try to tweet the exact same thing or schedule it for like later the same day with the exact same tweet, which honestly yeah. isn't isn't really a best practice anyway, really. No. Like we have no. to be, you know, more, we when it comes to tweeting more often or even spread out over a short burst of time, you've got to really, you know, reword your tweets and and all, and, and actually somebody else is bringing up uh, Thunderclap which I think uh-huh. is a little bit interesting because that's the one where yeah. everybody signs up. And then at a certain point in time, all right. these exact same tweets, although you can, when you sign up for that, modify your tweet if you want to. So they may require you to tweak the language each, with each new person that signs up on a thunderclap campaign. But again, I don't, we've done thunderclaps before. Didn't really have a ton of It'll be value, interesting to see we'll what see. happens. Like I could see that one stopping, you know, this might put some of the apps out of business. You know, um, yeah. if, if they're not complying, but it's always been set up with the third party tools that you cannot do a tweet identical, like what you were talking about, Eric, like Buffer has yes. never allowed you to do. If you're trying to do that in Buffer, it stops you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's what I'm saying. Ultimately, I think, you know, personal opinion, I think this is a good thing, regardless of what motives or end intentions they have in mind at Twitter for this. Getting rid of the bots has been a huge deal that they've just still continued to not deal with up till now. So I'm actually looking forward to yet another tweak or hopefully fix on the Twitter noise problem. Me too. I'm excited about this. I think this is a good change. I think it's going to get rid of a lot of noise out there that we don't want. 
So it'll be fun to see, like, you know, kind of like breaking the part of the tide there and like, Mm -hmm. you know, getting some of that noise off to the side, out of the way, and then just the good stuff. And I want to see how this affects trending Mm -hmm. hashtags. It really makes you wonder how many people are scamming it so that they have a hashtag that goes right up to the top. I run uh, very popular Twitter chats each week, Twitter Smarter and Social ROI. And I always see us trending, but we're always trending low, like eight, nine, or 10. We always have a hard time breaking up above Mm -hmm. that. And I wonder if it's because they're there are bots out there and, and third-party tools that people are using in a way to keep theirs up high. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think this will have any impact on tools like click to tweet or something like that where you do a pre-formatted tweet and on your site and people can just click that and to share? And it's uh, going to be the same I identical message. So. I don't think so. Um, they're looking for when people are doing this to, to really cheat the system, mm-hmm. right? When you do a click to tweet, you know, you're, you're putting out a tweet that people can click on and share it. And, um, if, if they saw multiple accounts from the same company that were that originated from doing it, yes, I can see that being shut down, but that is a strategy that is a great one that is not something that people abuse. So I really don't see that being affected, but it'll be interesting to see because this was just announced this week. It'll be interesting to see how far they go with this. Right. Yeah. We had somebody else ask if this meant that there's act that there's literally no scheduling, no automated scheduling at all. And no, that's that's not no, the case. Not- scheduling is not going away. Right. It's not going away, but it's how you use the scheduling that is going to change Mm -hmm. for some. I don't think we're going to see any changes at Buffer and Hootsuite because they've been complying with this. You you cannot yeah. do this in the way they're talking about. But if you're trying to do multiple accounts, I think, I think that's really the only thing that you could do that now they're going to stop. Yeah, I think what the, what you'll see is in, in, in an app like a Buffer or a Hootsuite or a uh, social oomph or whatever it is you're using, you're going to see when you try to check one, they'll probably just eliminate the ability to check multiple accounts. That's the easiest way. But then if they if you try to get around that, they will know and they'll have to comply or else be kicked off the API. So they're going to have to comply uh, and it'll be you'll get a warning, much like the warnings we were talking about earlier. So absolutely. I think this is a good thing. I think this is going to be good for us. Yeah, I I do too. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, like, had it been that social media examiner, if you guys had had put together a whole bunch of different profiles for, for different areas of things you do. And a lot of companies do this where mm-hmm. they will just keep sharing all the same content together across the board. You're basically just going into your third party tool and just checking all your different accounts and then posting the same content to all the accounts. That's going to end. You know, that's not going to happen anymore. So, uh, you know, the companies are doing that. It's going to stop. You guys basically just do everything off of social media examiner Twitter. So you're not going to be directly affected from something like that. But there are plenty companies, organizations out there that have set up their Twitter accounts. And maybe this is a good time to consolidate everything and just keep it as one. Yeah, Yeah. some definite considerations there Uh, in other Twitter news. So Twitter streaming live broadcasts during breaking news events. It's like, and there's more. Yeah, and there's more. more. News. We've got way more than just this next one. <laughs> I know. A couple of things that happened last week. Yeah, this one's really interesting. Have you noticed this yet? Seeing I've not seen it myself yet. No. 
Yeah. So what they're saying is that they're going to start showing live local broadcasts. They've partnered up with local news organizations. So when there's something breaking like last week with the shooting, that you would have the ability to um, in in when you're on Twitter and you're in your home feed that the video, uh, a video could pop up. Now, I've been on Twitter in the past where you know, Saturday afternoon, I jump on the Twitter, I click on home, and a video was on in the right-hand corner of a concert that was taking place live. Yes. And, I, and I've seen things like that. They're really cool. And there's been some sporting events. Well, Twitter has been trying to get known as real-time news, which I think is great. Yeah, They're not trying to compete with what Facebook is doing and Instagram and, and LinkedIn and Snapchat. I think that's great. They're trying to get known real-time news. And I can tell you this, you can get real-time news faster on Twitter than you can on TV. I've seen people in TV organizations turn to Twitter to get their own news faster. (laughs) So I think it's great that Twitter's capitalizing on this. And so what we'll start seeing is that when there is some breaking news live that's happening and it's in your area, then you could possibly see it show up when you're on Twitter. And what's great about this is that when you see that video box, there's conversation right below it. So you can get on there and have conversation with people revolving around whatever is happening in the world that's that's newsworthy. And that's what Twitter is trying to do. Twitter is just trying to keep that conversation going with whatever is happening in the world. Yeah. So uh, in other Twitter news, uh, a New York judge federal judge even could have uh, he, he made a ruling uh, that had to do with embedded tweets. This one's interesting. I, I'm not really sure what it I is. think about this one, to be honest. Um, ultimately, what happened was a person, Justin Goldman, he filed he, he essentially he snapped a picture of the New England, New England, the New England, <laughs> <laughs> New England Patriots quarterback uh, at, at Brady and um and a few other people, and he posted it to Snapchat. Now, the photo went viral, and people actually uploaded it to Twitter. So right there, there's already somebody who's taking that image who shouldn't be and is tweeting it, but then take it one step further, and that photo in tweets is then being embedded in news stories. And so the photographer goes to the, you know, he takes the the news outlets to, uh, you know, he files against them because, of course, they've, they're the ones who have the money. It doesn't make sense to, mm-hmm. to go to the, the Twitter accounts that actually did uh, first wrong, so to speak, because they shouldn't, you know, no, again, ultimate, you know, lesson in this story is don't go sharing or even embedding things that aren't yours. But absolutely. I don't know. I, I, I actually, in a weird way, I, f- I feel that's not the right word. I I, I don't necessarily hold the news outlets to to blame for this necessarily because they are literally taking something that's already in existence and literally dropping it there with attribution because the tweet attributes, but not to the photo. You see what I'm saying? So it's right. it's kind of dicey. I don't know. What do you think? It, it is. It's very dicey. So so here's the thing. You know, 
the internet is filled with photos, right? There's photos everywhere that people just take, they put on their blog, they put in their social media. Now, we know there's restrictions with doing this on your blog. People have been sued. Bloggers have been sued for tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars because they saw a photo in Google. They did a Google search, found a photo and decided to put it on their blog. And so a big lesson learned is that don't ever do that. Go buy photos or go over to like Flickr and use the ones that are allowed and they're very clearly spelled out. You're allowed to use these for public use. A photographer allows it. Photographers don't want their art being used and you can't blame them. I mean, you know, there's, there's, when it comes to this whole copyright law, it's a little blurred because in this scenario, the guy takes a photo, puts it on Snapchat. Well, once you put it on Snapchat, what's going to happen? People are going to screenshot it and they're going to go and run with it. And then it ends up on Twitter. And then now there's this lawsuit and it talked about embeddable, uh, Tweet Tweets. because you know with Twitter you can embed it onto a website. So that man's photo is probably on so many websites, and you know they listed a lot of companies in mm-hmm. this lawsuit, a lot of big companies like um, you know um, uh, Time, Yahoo, Herald Media, Boston Globe, New, uh, New England Sports uh, Network that were all part of this suit. And I agree with you, Eric. I mean. I don't think they're necessarily at fault here. Um, I think well, if you they're, no, they're also not blameless, there, though. <laughs> they should have done their homework, too. That you don't own like you when you do Snapchat. We all know this. We don't technically own anything on any mm-hmm. of these sites. So if somebody comes along and takes a screenshot and uses it. Now, they can't go use it for money. They can't go right. say, hey, this is my photo. Pay me money for it. That would be a major lawsuit. But for it to just randomly show up in places uh, it'll be interesting to see how far they're going to go with with trying to change laws on this. What's interesting, yeah. in one of the articles, it talked about the Copyright Act that was amended in 1976, and it had words like tweet, viral, and embed. But back then, when you heard those words, you know, tweet was a bird. Uh, viral was a disease and embed was a reporter like those that's how you associated those words legally so i think they're going to have to rewrite some laws here if they're going to go that far but i think the best piece of advice is when you see a photograph that is not yours be cautious you yeah, know? it really does come down to that. Embedded on a website. Yeah. yeah. When it's in social media, everything seems to be okay. I have not seen lawsuits based on just posting it on your Twitter or Snapchat. But when you go embed something on your website, you are changing the landscape with it. Yeah. And I don't mean to say that those companies are not at fault or blameless. They didn't do their homework. And I think that's the thing is nobody's been <laughs> nobody's thinking in this new age of the fact that, oh, even the original photo in the tweet wasn't owned by the person that I then embedded it on my site. You know, you're not just because you're removed right. a couple times doesn't mean you're then removed from fault. So, yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, one more piece. I'm sure we're going to come back around to this. There's going to be more on this story. Trust me. But uh, yeah, our, last, our, our last our uh, last piece of Twitter news is. Twitter is killing desktop Twitter for Mac or Mac or sorry, Twitter for Mac, basically the app, I should say. The app. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Madeline, does anybody care? See, that's kind of the thing is like, no, like, and and they say like, if you're looking, if you're on a desktop and you're on a Mac, like 
if you if you were using Twitter for Mac, they're saying go to Twitter.com. And honestly, I agree with them because unless you're using a power user tool like some of the ones we mentioned earlier, Hootsuite, Buffer, TweetDeck, uh, I, I like personally like TweetBot myself. Um, these are – and by the way, a number of Twitter clients, once this was announced, dropped their prices drastically to try and grab <laughs> those those new customers. But again, I don't know who else – I don't know really who was using Twitter for Mac. Um, but I, some, some people are wondering, well, what's this mean for TweetDeck if Twitter's not keeping – Right. That's the thing. They're getting concerned about what's going to happen to TweetDeck. I don't think anything's going to happen to TweetDeck. So many people use it. They love it. Uh, there's no reason to do away with it. I think they're just trimming the fat. You know, they're just trying – Trying to really stay focused on their their core products that they are offering, and you know who uses this this app? No, no one that I know of. So yeah. you know, there's no sense in having it. So I think this is a good move. I think there's no need for it. I think it'll if someone is using it, they'll probably go over to TweetDeck. Um, they're just encouraging them to go to Twitter.com. Yeah, they they. I mean, ultimately, they're not saying they're not, honestly they're not killing. So I'm. I'm not sure that they're killing anything people are going to really, really miss. We've had a number of people say, I didn't even know it existed. So Exactly. <laughs> There's been more of that. Yes. Way more of that. So that is our Twitter news. Madeline, thank you so much for being lot. here. Yes, it, it actually was. was. A lot of Twitter news. I'm really looking forward to this long. I know. There you go. Uh, we're, <laughs> hopefully we'll have more. Let's see how more, you know, how, Twitter's, you know, made a profit. Let's see what else they can do this year. <laughs> so, Madeline, again, you're speaking next week at Social Media Marketing World. You're talking about Twitter tools. Aside yes, from am. that, though, where can people find you? They can find me at MadelineSklar.com and also on Twitter at MadelineSklar. I do want to mention real quick, if it's okay, that I am hosting our second annual Twitter Smarter Chat live in person at the conference. Uh, my Twitter chat is every Thursday at 10 o'clock Pacific. So it happens to be during the conference. So next week, it's going to be our second year in a row to make a big to-do out of it. And is, we're easy to find when you go up the escalator. You'll see the lifeguard station. We're right behind that there's some tables there uh come hang out with us for an hour i got a bunch of giveaways we got all these sponsors that are donating t-shirts and notebooks and pens and all kinds of cool uh, uh, merchandise so we're going to be having a great time and our guest is lisa buyer she's going to be leading the the yoga every morning there at the conference awesome come hang out with us thursday at 10 a.m sweet eric will be there at yoga for sure what Sure. Um, <laughs> I got to ask, though, uh, how do you do a, a tweet chat live and in person? Are you just getting a bunch of people into a room and then everybody stares at their computers and it's quiet or? I am so glad I mean, you asked. <laughs> the way we did it last year, we, we took one of the big round tables right outside where the networking hall was with the trade show. And what we did is a bunch of us that were there that were regulars on the chat. And I had me and my guests sitting next to each other laptop to laptop. And so we just had fun with it. Like I would say the question out loud and then she would answer it out loud, but we were also tweeting it because we have a very large worldwide audience on the chat each week. And I live streamed it. So that way people could watch live and have fun with us and ask questions and just be part of it to feel like they were there if they were not coming to the conference. But I will tell you, Eric, we had people watching last year that were like, I'm going to be there next year. Nice. There are people coming to the conference next week that were watching the live stream and they Yay, really came through with their promise. Well yes. done. So that's really exciting. Thank you. 
we're anticipating a, a much larger crowd uh, for the chat. Anyone that's watching that's going to be there, come hang out with us. Uh, come a little before to network um, during the chat. You know, bring your laptop or your phone and, and take part in the Twitter chat. And then afterwards, we'll mingle around for a bit. It's the perfect time because it's after the keynote at the morning keynote, but before the session start. Oh, perfect timing. Yeah. And and definitely yeah. a great location. Thanks. And I'm glad you're doing it. And so we're glad again, Thank if you're you. going, if you're not going to be there, which shame on you, but if, if you're going to be there or not be there, you can still partake. So that's awesome. What's the hashtag again? Twitter smarter. Perfect. Awesome. And I see Jessica's here from TechSmith and she says uh, she's one of the spot. They're one of the sponsors. She said they're going to have Snagit t-shirts. If you love Snagit, I use Snagit every day. It's one of yeah. my favorite tools on my desktop. We're going to have Snagit t-shirts. That's going to be cool. Perfect. Hashtag Twitter smarter and uh, social media marketing world. SMMW18.com. Madeline, thanks so much for being here. I'll see you in a few days, basically. I look forward to seeing you both, Kim and Eric. Good to, to, to be here. Thank you for inviting me. All right. Yeah. See you later. See you in a couple days. Bye, everybody. Awesome. Yeah, so cool. I, I mean, seriously, if you can't tell, like, we're having a hard time focusing sometimes because we're just super excited about, you know, all the stuff that we're working on to be prepared for next week, as well as just general excitement and kind of giddiness and nervousness. Like, I just want to go and get on the flight right now. I was saying that to Kim before we started the show. So mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways, uh, we've got other news to go through, though not tons. So this will still be a little bit shorter show, but that's fine. Yeah. But we're going to make sure that we leave you in good hands before we go off and have fun at our conference. OK, yep, so let's take care. Of, let's take care of this. So. Okay. <laughs> Instagram has expanded the replay options for photos or videos sent from the Instagram direct camera. So users can now choose to allow recipients to view the message once, replay it temporarily, or see a permanent thumbnail in the chat log with this new keep in chat option. So previously all message could be replayed temporarily, but then they'd completely disappear. So now you, you get these options to how long you want your, your image to be visible. And TechCrunch has a really great quote, I thought, and they said, you know, whether it's silly or sexy, some messages are only meant to be seen once, (laughs) which uh, I agree. So, um, you know, if it's a non-sensitive message, you can set it to permanent so you can look back and, um, you know, keep the context of a conversation. But if it is something that, you know, then it can disappear. So now you have three different options with your images in Trekt. Yeah, I, I think this is a good move because I've wanted to because we do a lot of uh, engagement with people with our Twitter account, Instagram.com slash SM examiner um, in the direct messages. And People will send us images or video and vice versa, but to only be able to see them like once or twice, kind of when you want to really craft a great reply or record or send a great reply, like you kind of need to see the message, the the media of the message a little bit more. So I think we will, you know, turn on uh, more so the, you know, being able to keep it around basically forever kind of situation. Well, in, in, in our situation, why not? I mean, what's the harm? Yeah, there's no harm. It's only it's only good in this situation. So I, I'm actually really kind of glad to see this tweak on the Instagram direct messages. It's pretty yeah, cool. I am, too. I like it. But to move over to the other network that has the disappearing stuff, stories, whatever you want to call it, snaps. Let's call it snaps because that's what it is. It's Snapchat. Snapchat is adding GIF <laughs> stickers 
Got to dig my way out. Snapchat is adding gift stickers for stories and also rolling out new friends and discover screen tabs. So uh, you might remember, you might even be feeling like, wait, am I having deja vu? Uh, Gift stickers. Didn't that already happen? No. It Well, yes, technically it did on Instagram, Instagram stories. So for once, Snapchat's actually stealing from Instagram. Um, Nice. Yeah. Who knew? But uh, essentially what it is, is, yeah, you you create your snap. And then when you go in and throw your stickers on, you've got the choice of going in and picking gift stickers. Now, the benefit to gift stickers is that gifts have motion and can augment your existing audio or not. Sorry, audio your visuals, whether it's an image or a video with that extra motion, that extra silliness or whatever you want to call it. I mean, you can have like googly eyes coming out, you know, and, and have them be synced to where you are as you're doing it. Um, you know, I, I, on Instagram, when I used the Instagram one, uh, about two weeks ago and I just screenshotted, you know, a workout I did on a bike. Well, I then put a bike like pedaling, you know, like a guy pedaling and I put that as oh, a GIF cool. in it as well. So it just kind of added it, you know, to a, um, to a static image, I was able to add motion. So that's, I think for me personally, that like the best, uh, use case scenario for this, but there's also more to this. So Snapchat actually also, um, is still doing a, a redesign and what they're doing is is they they're giving um friends and discover screen tabs so this is uh, the available the availability to be able to see um easier to follow along with stories you want to see by letting you do things like viewing friends with active stories and group tap uh, group chats in one tab and description subscription, sorry, you want to maintain in another. So it's kind of being able to, it's almost like having separate friend lists in like say a Twitter or a Facebook, but here in having tabs inside of Snapchat. So there you go. I was hoping we had it. I was hoping we had an image of that, but no, we don't, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately there just, there just wasn't one to be able to show that. So next up. News. So this is 3D posts on Facebook. And if you watch my mouse, look at this. You can make them like turn around and go sideways. You can just just use your mouse and, and the cursor and manipulate these objects any way you want, which I'm sitting here fascinated with this. I think this <laughs> is the coolest thing ever. Like, wow. But the actual news here. So... Facebook has announced that they've begun supporting the industry standard. I don't know how you pronounce the acronym. If it's GIF, GIF, GITF mm-hmm. 2.0 file format for Facebook's 3D posts, which means that artists and creators can easily share richer, high quality 3D content on Facebook from an even greater variety of sources. So this new format will allow for textures, lighting, realistic rendering of rough or shiny objects and make it possible for developers to build seamless 3D sharing into any app, which is super, super exciting. And it's response it's instantly responsive to scroll and touch, making content pop off the screen. And it also opens the door for future where people can bring interesting objects and experiences with them across AR, VR, mobile, web. So whether, you know, a favorite game, movie characters, museum artifacts, basically even all the way to fully interactive scenes, you can, you're going to be able to start seeing all of these in Facebook 3D posts. 
Now, before you just think like, oh, well, it's Lego characters and now I can see the whole thing by putting my finger down on the mobile or by clicking and holding with my desktop and my mouse. Um, mm-hmm. I saw an image that had a purse in it. So there's retail implications for this as well. Oh, with products. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. So, so this I think this is going to be really fascinating when this comes out for all of us to enjoy. Yeah. In other Facebook news, specifically Facebook Messenger, Facebook Messenger is simplifying the process for adding multiple people to a video or a voice call. So currently, or at least currently up till the point they released this, to turn a one-to-one video or audio chat or call into a group chat, you literally had to close that down. You had to hang up that voice or video call and start a new conversation and invite everybody to it and shows what I know. I just wasn't using it. So I didn't know that that was the case. But now you can do it all from, you know, adding like like you do on Skype We're you know, we at Social Media Examiner are using Skype all the time. And so we just literally click the add button and pick somebody else. Let me see if they're here. Boom. Add them in. Um, That's essentially what Facebook Messenger is adding to video and audio calls inside of Facebook Messenger. So this is pretty cool. I mean, it's a minor tweak, but it's a major convenience factor change for sure for people that are using this. Right. So I think it's a pretty good change. I can't believe it wasn't already set that way. But again, what do I know? I wasn't yeah. using it. So at least not yeah, for that. I, you know, I very rarely use it. I still go to Skype when I need to do that type of call. But it's nice to see that you have these options now and you can so easily add people into the conversation. I might do it just for fun, just to see how it goes. Sure. But it's not available yet. Is that what you said? It's not. Um, no, yet. they said that uh, what they're doing is. um that it's rolling out to the latest version of Messenger right now. So it may be out there for you right now, but you got to make sure you download the latest version of Facebook Messenger. Yep. So there you go. Okay. So this one is this news from Facebook is about notifications. So Mm. Facebook is limiting the notifications that you get from active groups. So it's reducing the clutter in your notifications by limiting the number of alerts users receive from certain groups. So instead of getting notifications about every post shared within the group, Facebook will now only send the most relevant highlights. Now, this is Some people may not like that. They want every single notification for everything that goes on within a group. And so you can change this option at any time within your settings. And this one was discovered by our own Michael Stelzner. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's almost like getting a a notification. It's almost like getting a a newsletter, like a roll all your notifications from that one group into one notification kind of a thing. So it's pretty interesting. I don't know how I feel about this one, to be honest. I, I kind of like being able to click on each one individually to take me to re- right where that is right. to reply. But yes, I don't know. Exactly. But I also don't yeah. love getting tons of notifications. So. Right. Well, so we'll they're see. making this change and whether we like it or not, they're it's coming. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, speaking of replies. So Google is beta testing something I thought is really interesting. I'm sure this is going to come to. um Android first, but they're testing an AI powered reply app. So they're testing this new AI powered app that allows users to reply to text from various messaging apps, um, whether it's uh, and I remember it was like WhatsApp or 
no, sorry. WhatsApp is actually excluded, apparently. Uh, no, sorry. I'm skipping ahead. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I lost my train of yeah. thought there. Um, that that essentially you can reply to Twitter DMs um, and, and a number of them that, that you basically tie this in. It almost, it almost becomes like a middleman reply mm-hmm. catcher, and then it pre-populates possible responses for you that you can just tap like so so for example some of the ones they get they pre-populate here is somebody says hey pick up a soft drink for me and it pre-populates some of those automated possible responses like sure or if somebody asks you do you have plans this evening some of the options are nothing planned or um there's somebody who asks what time will you be home and the options show up as leaving now not sure or whenever you want. And I just thought I'd bring this up and mention this, this reply app. It's not out yet. It's in beta. But the fact that it will be able to tie into Slack and Twitter DMs, and there was a few more mentioned, that it's almost like a one-stop shop in some ways Mm -hmm. to be able to reply to messaging. And not only that, I mean, in and of itself, that's actually really brilliant. I've been waiting for that for a long time. But the fact that, yes, but the fact that it's got those pre-populated possible um, reply options due to AI is one step further along. And I'm really hoping this comes out soon. So. Oh, I I love this so much. I can't even explain (laughs) how much I love this. And, you know, Google in Gmail, when you send a Gmail, gives you those pre-populated responses to your email. And they are crazy how good they are. And, you know, probably at least 50% of the replies that I send to people are those pre-populated replies because they're so they're so good. And now we know. So, oh, (laughs) (laughs) So this is going to be awesome. Yeah. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Keep an eye out for it. They said that it's coming to Android once it's got an official release date, but they've not confirmed that yet. I'm really hoping it comes to iOS as well sooner rather than later. So there you go. Me too. Yep. Okay. So Facebook has um, signed new music licensing deal with ICE services. And how this works is following up on all these music licensing deals that we've been announcing over the past month or so. We've done several, several times we've mentioned these. Facebook has reached an agreement for its first multi-territorial music license with online license processing and licensing solutions provider, ICE Services. So the ICE database contains over 30 million musical works that represent PRS for music in the UK, STIM, STIM in Sweden, Gemma in Germany. Um, so there's obviously a ton of content there. And the deal with Facebook covers online music licensing for more than 290,000 rights holders in 160 territories across Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, and Oculus. And most notable here, at least to me, is that WhatsApp is excluded. Hmm. So they said that WhatsApp's not included because right now it's currently used as a pure communication tool akin to private email messaging. And if that changes, that they'll keep it under review and consider adding WhatsApp into this where they have the music rights also. But um, this is, you know, this is really interesting because Facebook's had so many problems in the past with, you know, even trying to get news out without... Right it being damaging to their public opinion. But now, you know, Facebook is looking for new and alternate content to continue driving people to its platform and music could help 
you know, strike the right balance there. Mm-hmm. Strike and the right note. It, there you go. Pun intended. Uh, Facebook, in our final piece of news, and a lot of people know this, Facebook's F8 conference is coming up in San Jose, California on May 1st and 2nd this year, 2018. They have just opened registration for that developer conference. So if you're a developer, uh, you need to know that space is limited. So you're going to need to apply today to get in. And you can do that by going to f8.com slash register. And there you go. And and obviously, we are keeping that date on our calendar to be watching and listening to see what Facebook drops. I remember one of the things that we talked about was the uh, kind of an Amazon Echo with a screen type of a thing, but from Facebook. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot, a lot of stuff Um Coming out of F8, there always is. I mean, we almost have a, de- a show dedicated to it once uh, that that time rolls around each year. It's almost like Christmas for this show. So, yeah. you know what else is almost like Christmas? Social media marketing. World. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Uh, nice. This show, th- by the way, this show is now done. We are done with the news. It's a shorter show, but that's because we're just ready to, to get on our flights and head to social media marketing world. We are taking a break from this show next week because we will be at the conference. So we want you to be there with us, though. You can still get a virtual ticket, which is the recording pass. That means that all the keynotes, as well as all the sessions, are recorded. You get the slides. You get the audio. I personally love picking and choosing going through all the sessions afterwards because when you're there, even if you're going to be there and we're going to see you, you can't go to every session. It's impossible. There's a bunch happening at the same time. You're not a clone. But the virtual ticket is an awesome option. So you can get that at smmw18.com. And special thanks to- You have a great tip. Oh, I'm sorry. You have a great tip about the the virtual tickets and the recordings. You had suggested- Go ahead. Tell me your great yeah, tip. So, I love this. So what I do is I treat it like a podcast. I will grab the audio and then I upload it into my favorite podcast player, sync it to my phone, and then I will literally either, if I'm commuting, listen to the sessions that way to kind of get a first go over, first listen through. And then I'm like, ooh, come back to this one and go through it with the slides. You never know. I mean, because there's just so many. So, But the right. other the other key piece that's, that's actually really awesome with virtual ticket is that you can binge a specific topic. You can just create your own course, exactly. if you will, your own mini track and go through all the sessions about, say, Instagram stories for example. Yep. So there you go. Again, virtual ticket, smmw18.com. That's where you go to grab it. By the way, if you're not coming, then keep an eye on our social channels and the hashtag smmw18. You will see live video coming out of the event. And that's about all I can say about that just yet. But we will yep. see you there as well as back here for our next show, which is going to be Friday, March 9th, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can get this show on your calendar, socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. Subscribe, share it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Periscope, on YouTube, on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher. We're ev- we are everywhere. And uh, with that... I want to say thank you to Jeff C for handling the simulcast, Grace Duffy for producing the show, Kim Reynolds for being an awesome co-host, and you, the watcher slash 
slash watcher slash listener for joining us. And we will see you back here in a few weeks or next week at the conference. And with that, I will say thank you and see you later. And if you're at the conference, come by and say hi to us because we would love to meet you in person. So please, please come say hi. Please say hi. We we love it. Thank you. See ya. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.